All right, now there's the kind of music that makes you just want to lay back and really, really relax. Peace and grace and good afternoon on this beautiful, beautiful March 5th. I'm sorry, today is March, yes, 5th, uh, March 5th, and we're having some wonderful, wonderful Saturday weather. And so I know that many of us are out and we are enjoying that weather. I got up today and took the dogs out uh, for their typical run and we got in the water. It was a really, really nice morning. The weather is great. And tomorrow we're anticipating, uh, March 6th, we are anticipating uh, 70 degrees. That's not bad for March, right? So uh, thank you for staying tuned in. You are listening to WHGE 95.3 FM, your one and only education, advocacy, and black news information network in the city of Wilmington, perhaps the state of Delaware, and we are growing exponentially. We've got some great things that the studio was going to be doing uh, this year in 2022, and so stay with us. You are our WHGE family. We want you to be a part of our growth and our success. We only succeed when you are succeeding as well. So thank you for staying tuned in. I am Rochelle Wilson. By now, you know my voice. I've been here for a year and a half. And I have definitely made some intelligent noise. So I cannot thank you enough for staying tuned in, for joining and participating uh, in today's conversation. I want to start off with saying it is Woman's History Month. March is Women's History Month, and there is a plethora of beautiful women who are strong. They are doing the damn thing. I call them the boss babes. Respectfully, some of them uh, are just doing home and taking care of husbands or boyfriends or significant others and the children living day-to-day daily life taking care of the things that have to be attended to every day in order for life to run smoothly. To those women, I say, I'm giving you a shout out. You are a boss babe. You're a boss babe because you're a woman who gets up every day, puts her feet, her boots on the ground and gets the work done. And for that, I applaud you and say, bravo. And then we have boss babes whose names we know they have gone into history. We know the names of Sojourner Truth and Michelle Obama. We know the names of Kamala Harris and Ida B. Wells. We know the names of Araminta Ross, Harriet Tubman. We know these names. And there are so many women in the world of every nationality, every complexion of skin tone, from all walks of life, they are getting up and being the change that they want to see. They are boss babes. And for you ladies, I say, bravo. I applaud you, boss babes. To all of my strong and empowering women, impactful women, you may not get the credit every day. Your name may not be up in lights, you know, like Cardi B and Beyonce, another boss Two boss babes, okay? Maybe our names never reach the neon lights. 
Perhaps you don't walk onto a stage and millions of people applaud you. But if you are within the sound of my voice, please recognize that I, Rochelle Wilson, recognize you and I applaud you. Individually and collectively, no nation can rise higher than its women. So let us uplift women through the month of March and all throughout the year. You take the women away out of your life and watch this nation fall apart. I'm Rochelle Wilson. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've got a great show for you today. Just need you to hang in there with me in a few minutes. I'm going to bring on a special guest. And the topic of our conversation will be a cross blend between redlining then, redlining now, and what are your options in real estate so that you can live in the neighborhood that you choose to live in. So stay with me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to bring that guest on. Just hang out for a few minutes. And remember, it's Woman's Month. So we're honoring all the boss babes. Hang out. I'll be right with you. I'm Rochelle Wilson. I'm digging that bass. I love that bass. <laughs> okay. And you are on all mics. Let's go. If you're digging that bass the way I'm digging that bass, you just want to sit back and groove with it, man. Yo, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It is absolutely powerful. I'm digging that bass. I love WHGE. We play the best jazz because we've got a station manager who is a historian and knows all about everything that took place before today. So we give honor and respect out to our station manager for his innovation as well as his selection in jazz, Mr. Harmon Carey. We thank you so much for so many different reasons. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a guest with me who's going to engage us in a conversation about redlining and real estate. Welcome Today, Miss Lynn Faulkner. Hello, Lynn. How are Hello, you? Hello, Rochelle. Thank you for having me on. It's such a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we've engaged in some conversations over the telephone, and I thought they were poignant enough that we needed to bring that information to our listeners. And understanding that you are a woman who believes in sharing information, uh, I'm going to give you the floor. But I want to start the questioning off before we get right into redlining then and now. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about who you are then and now. Who are you? 
Well, Nashama Lynn Faulkner <laughs> um, was actually raised right around the corner from this building. I was raised on 10th and Lombard. Um, my mother, Herminia Garrett, was um, very active in the community. She um, served as a board member for the Red Clay School District. She was an educator. She started um, her own daycare center, um, which served more than 300 children right around on 10th and Lombard in the church, Easy and Mount Carmel Daycare Center. Um, she employed many local people in the community. Um, she worked with many of our now elected officials um, to get a lot of the laws changed and to get um, integrated services provided in the local community. So I'm very proud of the heritage that I represent. She's a boss babe. <laughs> We're using that word. She's a boss babe. Women who get up and put their boots on the ground are boss babes. Right. And being raised in an environment where um, you see your mother doing sit-ins and you see um, um, Jim Sills and and Mr. Baker and um, a number of other notable figures in the community sitting at your dining room table, planning strategies on what our community needs and how to get us there. It kind of fuels you to do the work as well. So um, at an early age, I want to say in my 20s, I joined Eastside Neighborhood Coalition um, and helped to do some cleanup projects here um, on the east side, and I'm now a resident of the north side, and I am the secretary for Harlem Park Civic Association. So that giving, um, working for my community continues. Um, I started in human services in my 20s with Ministry of Caring, doing welfare reform projects. Mm. And I noticed that um, a lot of our, a lot of our, um, participants were hampered because they had gotten involved in what happened was <laughs> I got to take it back because this okay. was really impactful. So um, those who were on public assistance, the state somehow decided to send out extra checks of over $500. A lot of people received them. What you going to do? You get an extra $500 check. They went and cashed them. They spent yes. the money. Um, then it came back with criminal charges. So a lot of our people, because theft over $500 is a felony. Okay? A setup is what it was. So a lot of our people ended up with felony charges, which impacts your employment opportunities. So they started the welfare to work program where you had to come and go through a work program and learn about uh, interviewing skills and resume writing and to send you out on interviews. So I was that person. Um and so I worked with individuals wow. and I led the job readiness classes and workshops, but so many people had felonies. So I started to work with them on the process of expungement um, and did over 300 um, expungement records for, um, for young people who were in the system. And that kind of brought the attention to the state, how large the problem was. And so I'm glad to say that I was able to kind of impact things in that way. So you're a boss babe, too. 
<laughs> Go ahead, honey, take a bow. You're allowed. <laughs> so often women who are so impactful and do so much for the community, our names never get to reach the neon lights. Like nobody knows about us except for the people that we actually help. And it may feel, I know for me it has felt at times, mm -hmm. as if I'm doing all this work and no one appreciates it. But I'm here to say you are noticed, you are appreciated for everything that you do and have done and will continue to do. So it's okay to take a bow and, and you know, to wear that hat. You are a boss babe. Well, thank you. I don't do it for the recognition. Um, and I'm a little shy on that end, but <laughs> it's the gratification of seeing people benefit from the work that you do. So that's my motivation. Yes. That's what keeps me going. Um, I later got into um, youth programming, working with Neighborhood House at Southbridge um, and Middletown. So we, I created some youth programs there. We got funding for some programs there, got some grants written and accepted and worked there um, for a number of youth programs, which got some got national recognition. Awesome. Later, um, I went to um, West End Neighborhood House and created the Carrera Youth Achievement Program, which got national recognition. So they provided me an opportunity to travel around the country and talk about what we were doing that was different from some other programs um, across the country and how they could replicate what we were doing. Um, and when I went to Springfield College, um, we had to come up with an impact project to graduate. And so I wrote... Um, a gun awareness program with, um, I wrote the gun awareness program and then we had to, as a graduation project, you had to implement it. Mm. Um, so we put on a, um, a gun awareness program, which happened to be right after Columbine, like two weeks after. And so many took that workshop on where you go and you see the, um, the impact that guns have on, on, victims. Yes. Um, so there were pictures of fatalities. Mm. We blared out their faces, yes. but you could see how the entry and exit wounds yes. and what it does to the body. Oh, And wow. so um, I didn't choose to take that on as something long-term because I think for the students who were there watching that workshop, um, they may have been traumatized. If you've ever experienced violence directly in front of yeah, you, yeah. seeing something like that can have long-lasting effects. And Absolutely. So, um, I didn't want to continue to traumatize them over and over again. So um, I didn't want to take that project on any further. Um, I'm more about empowering, about educating, yes. about uplifting and providing um, opportunities that people may not be aware of and have done human service work for over 35 years. Awesome. Awesome. So let's, let's ride with that. So, uh, yeah, a lot of our young people today have been traumatized by a variety of different things and certainly, you know, gun violence and, and, and things taking place right in front of their very eyes. Mm -hmm. Family members have been affected. So it, it is trauma informed. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and we got to do something. We got to do better right. to help our young people because when they're trauma informed, what do you do? You create more trauma, exactly. right? Exactly. So it's, it's, we've got to stop that cycle. And so you worked directly with some young people at one point, which is where we kind of met, met each mm -hmm. other. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and what you were doing there. Um, at the time, I was the director of operations for Christina Cultural Arts Center, um, which is a local 
um, arts empowerment project here in the city of Wilmington. Um, it has long historic roots um, where you can learn dance, music, um, any form of expression. Um, and I came up in Christina um, when it used to be back here on Church Street. Um, so I always want to support those kind of projects and and um, extend the livelihood and impact that it can have in a community. Um, came up with an idea during COVID. Um, since everyone was um, so locked into their homes, I, it just kept coming back to me that these children need a way to express what they're seeing and feeling. We had um, the violence, the social violence, the, the economic um, violence. Vi yeah. Might as well call it violence. Yeah, that's what it was <laughs> um, of our communities. We have food deserts. We had all of these things that we were so afraid of that were going on all at one time. And I wanted to provide a place where the children could express themselves, where they could um, talk, feel safe to talk about what they were seeing and feeling and experiencing and came up with a project called Our Voices, um, which allowed the children to learn technical skills um, in broadcasting, art expression, marketing, management, so that they could take their talents and advance them and see how this could create a long lasting business or career. For them. Um, That's how we met because I came there for the students right. uh, for broadcasting to try to work with them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was so excited about that. COVID just messed up everything. Mm -hmm. It just messed up everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's a powerful program. And if kids are involved, not kids, but if youth are involved in arts and expression, uh, Richard Raw does some of that with singing yes, he does. And, and rapping with the kids. Spoken I word. love him, spoken word, mm -hmm. yeah. Then kids are not on the streets when they're involved with those kinds of things. Right. So I don't know because I, I don't actually do it, but would you say that we need more adults involved in order to bring more children in? Would you say that's a... Absolutely. Um, there are so many opportunities for us to provide services to our youth. And back when, you know, when I was in elementary and middle school, our school stayed open and had programs. I would go down to Stubbs. I learned sewing. I learned leather working, woodworking. Um, um, there was mechanical shops and it was all free yeah. and it was after school. And so it kept you off the streets. It kept you engaged. But college isn't for everyone. Right. And so there are some people who created a career off of what they learned in those after school programs. So and it doesn't have to be in a school. It can be in in your home. There are women who taught crochet and macrame and different um, different projects. So you can learn almost anywhere. Yes. If we create those opportunities for our students, like they said in the movie, if you build it, they will, they come. will come. They will come. Yes. Because our yes. students' minds are eager to learn. They want to find out um, and get hands-on experience for things that they're not aware of. Yes, um, yes. And I agree with that. Every student is not a college student. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I thought I was one. I tried it. It didn't work for me. I got in more trouble in my college days than I than I did any other time in my life. Mm -hmm. So, but trades, uh, being a carpenter, I mean, Jesus was a carpenter, exactly. right? So there's there's honor in that. Pipe welding and, and all kinds of mechanics. There, That's money. Those are lucrative businesses, uh, trades. So we need to offer more of that and make sure that it's accessible to our young people. I know we've got a place over here called the Delaware Skills Center. Mm -hmm. Does that still function and operate to help our children? I'm not. Delaware 
Skill Center, um, to my knowledge, is more of an adult program okay. over the age of 18. Yes. Um, there are some programs where um, the higher interns, so you could come on as an intern and get those skills and qualifications. Because of the laws now, it's it's um, there are a few programs that deal directly with students with working in some environments because it's a hazard. You know, it could present, um, they could be injured or hurt, and so nobody wants that liability. Right. Um, however, there are a number of opportunities that are available if people learn to look for them. Um, you could do some programs free. There are a number of scholarships out there for young people who families can apply for them, particularly if you're under a certain salary cap. Um, so it's just about educating yourself, reaching out, looking for information. Start with your city council person. They have a lot of information on programs that are available within your residential district. Okay. So that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, Newcastle County um, Parks and Recreations, Newcastle County and the City of Wilmington, they publicize programs that are available, especially now for summer camps. Yes. That information is out now. And summer youth jobs. Yes. So it's there. You just have to do the research and find it. Right. So let's let's move right in. So that's where you you come from, Mm -hmm. which is really good stock. Mm -hmm. You come from boss babes. You're a boss babe. All right. And now you're into a totally different field. Yes. But I want to talk about redlining. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit? Let's let's keep it to Wilmington. But if you want to expand, you you can. Mm -hmm. Where is the redlining in, say, the state of Delaware? Not just Wilmington, but Newcastle County. Where is redlining now? Okay. Redlining. Redlining is the practice of lenders. Um, refusing to give loans to individuals based on where you reside. So um, if I apply for a mortgage loan and I say, because I live in 19801, I'm denied. But then if I use an address in 19810, um, then I may be approved. Redlining is difficult to prove unless you have competitive um, research. How do they block you? What are some of the strategies that they use? If I'm from 19801. Finance. Okay. Um, so it depends on your your salary, um, your credit history, your credit score. Um, if you have anything that can be reported, if you're a renter and you have your landlord um, who gives any kind of negative connotation, if you have medical bills that are unpaid, if you have um, credit card payments where you've missed a couple or they've come late, um, then those things can be used against you. But redlining is not as prevalent as it used to be because of a lot of the laws that are out now, particularly since the changes that took place in 2007 with the um, the housing market. Was that Fannie Mae? And- yes. 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 Um, so there have been a number of laws that have been enacted to prevent that kind of thing. Um, now, if you see redlining, it, it's more in the fact of refinancing for people who already have mortgages, those um, you're getting higher interest rates or you're getting um, higher terms. 
say the amount that you need to put down in order to qualify for the loan because you do pay a fee to the bank in order to do that. That may be a higher amount of money. So let me make sure that I'm wrapping my little Peasley brain around this. Mm -hmm. If I live in 19801, mm -hmm. then I'm going to deal with all of these obstacles and hurdles that could potentially stop me from uh, purchasing a house. Or it's just going to be a lot of extra work, including my credit score, my finance, how much I make. But if I live in 810, which we know what kind of neighborhoods those are. Mm -hmm. Those are more elite neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So if I'm coming from an elite neighborhood, it's easier to get a house in another elite neighborhood than living in the city, trying to get out of the city. The qualifications, that's why I said you don't see it as much as you used to. It's more tucked. Redlining, <laughs> redlining isn't something that you hear about as much because of the laws that have been enacted. Um, Everyone has to go through the same process. So all of the things that I mentioned, which um, mortgage lenders look for, whether you, no matter where you live, you have to have the same information reported on. It's just how it's used. And it's harder to determine um, if you are being discriminated against based on that qualification. Well, chances are, if I live in 801 versus 810, two different, I mean, two different bank accounts, two different... Credit scores. So obviously, one nine eight zero one is going to. You can't say that the credit score or the bank accounts are going to be different because of where you live. Okay. Um, it could be. We know eight oh eight one zero is a is a more prominent um community, so yes. to speak. Um, but that that doesn't mean that your credit score is going to be any worse than theirs because it's based on different factors. Okay. So your credit score primarily is a look at. Um, your your payment history, how you pay your bills, um, if you're on time, if you're within the terms, that determines what your credit score is. Mm -hmm. And it's a federal reporting. So a lot of people look at Credit Sesame and Credit Karma and say, okay, this is my credit score. Not necessarily. They don't all get all of the information from all three of the mm -hmm. credit reporting agencies, mm -hmm. which is Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Okay. If you want to find out what your credit score is, you can get that information for free, request it in writing or on their website from each of the three so that you see everything that the bank's going to see. Okay. It will give you a detailed history. Anything that you're not aware of, dispute it. Have it taken off because that's going to go against your credit report. So you want to okay. make sure that it's accurate and that you get that information taken up. Everybody has a medical bill and a lot of people have school loans. Um, as long as you make agreements to make payments with them, you can even negotiate on your own behalf. You don't necessarily have to have a credit counselor um, get your bills reduced for you. You can make the call to those companies and say, look, I owe you $1,000. This is what I have. I got two fifty. dollars Can you take that? Or if you won't accept it, then will you accept $100 a month until I get this thing paid down? Mm -hmm. You can do that on your own. Yes. You don't need it yes. to pay anyone to do that for yes. you. But you do need to get the credit um, report from those three reporting agencies so you know what the banks are looking at if yes. you want to apply for a mortgage loan. And so that's free, those three agencies? They are free. Okay. You can get them free um, every year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so really it's just about, we'll use me in this case, but whoever just putting the work in 
and and making the calls to either dispute it or make the payment arrangements as needed. Right. And so let's get into where you are now. Right now, you help people to find the houses of their dreams. Right. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. And uh, and can you do anything to help me if I'm from 19801? Okay. So let me first explain what the roles are. I'm a real estate agent. A real estate agent works under a broker. Um, and so what we do is I can work with you once you get your credit report and information together. You go to a lender. A lender will say, um, I will give you a pre-approval for up to this amount. These are the terms in which you have to pay. I don't see your pay stubs. I don't see your tax returns. I don't have anything to do with your money. Mm-hmm. You deal with that, with that with the mortgage lender. And there are a variety of companies that you can use or a credit counselor. Um, once you get that paper, then I go with you to walk into the houses, set up the appointments. I point out things to you that could be a concern for you. I can help you schedule your home inspection. I negotiate the terms of the offer to get you the house. Um, I can help with well, the, the loan company is going to send out someone to do an appraisal of the property. I can negotiate what the appraisal terms are to get you in the house um, so that there I do all the negotiation between the seller and the buyer. OK, um, to make sure that your best interests are being taken care of. OK, so you are a voice for me then. Absolutely. OK, absolutely. Um, for the buyer and the seller, just the yes. term just depends on who I'm representing at the time. Yes. Um. And then to see you all the way through until you get the keys to your house. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, wow. Wow. But it really is up to the lender, the bank, Mm -hmm. uh, how they want to. Well, I guess it's a criteria. You got to the checks and balances. You got to meet all of these criteria in order to to see where you are and how much they'll loan you to purchase a house. So if the bank or whoever the lender is, mm-hmm. is only going to borrow me uh, 50000 mm-hmm. Well, that tells me what kind of neighborhood I can live in versus 150000 right? Mm-hmm. So again, the redlining may not be as prevalent because there are federal guidelines yes. uh, and laws that have to be adhered to, which kind of puts that racism out of it. We know redlining started with racism. They didn't want black and brown and Native American people in particular uh, prominent communities. We know that. Mm-hmm. So that's where it started. And now we're in a place in 2022 where everyone has to meet the same criteria. But if my background has always been so impoverished for whatever reasons, and there are lots of reasons, Lynn, mm-hmm. that my background could be more impoverished than the person who lives somewhere else, uh, then it's still a form in my eyesight, Rochelle Wilson, I still see it as a form of racism. It's just tucked away. It's just hidden a little bit better because we've got 247 years mm-hmm. behind uh, the slave owner and his great his posterity right so you know 247 years to catch up with some folks i picked cotton for you know and tobacco for and now so i i see it as still a form of racism tell me that i'm that i'm incorrect or uh, tell me what do you think about that statement there's so much power in what you just spoke um 
there have been historically we have been kept from kept from um, home ownership because there is power in home ownership. Um, the most, the largest amount of wealth amassed in the United States and around the world is behind real estate. Seven out of ten individuals rent property, although seventy-three percent of the population says they want to acquire home ownership. Um, it's a defining financial support um, because you can use the equity and in your home once you've once you purchased a home and you start to pay your payments down, you build what's called equity. And it's all the cash that you have invested in making your payments to buy the home. You can then borrow against that in case of an emergency. So to send your child to college, if you have um, a health crisis and you're out of work and you can't pay your bills, you can take that money that you've already paid towards your mortgage. You can reinvest it or borrow it back and say, now I need this for a family emergency so that you're not stuck in the lurch um, with unpaid bills. Yes. Um, if you need a roof all of a sudden on your home, a tree falls on it and your next door neighbor doesn't have homeowner's insurance and your homeowner's insurance will only cover a portion of it and you want a whole roof and the redo your upstairs, you take the equity out. Yes. And what a lot of people think is now that I'm buying a home, I have to stay in it for life. That's not true. You can use your home ownership to build equity and financial freedom for you and your family in the future. Don't I have to stay there for 30 years or 15 no. years or something? No. Now, it depends. So there are a number of programs for first-time homeowners and for those who have not owned a home in the last three years that you can qualify for that will not only give you down payment and settlement assistance, but some of them, if you're trying to buy in the center city um, of Wilmington, there are some areas that are designated um, additional funds, but in order for you to qualify for them, you have to make basically a promissory note to say, I'll live here for 10 years and I won't become a landlord. So I'm this is going to be my primary residence. I'm going to stay here because those communities want more homeowners and less landlords and renters. When you own a home, you value it more. You put yes. more quality into it. Yes, you yes. don't you you don't want trash in front of it. That's you right. keep it up. Um, you're more concerned about what's going on in your neighborhood, about the violence of the crime and the and the trash. So you want more of that in Wilmington. Yes. And um, I can tout Linda Gray, one of our city councilwomen on the back. She just passed legislation to get um, additional $15,000 for first-time home buyers and those who haven't owned in the last three years. You do have to um, go through credit counseling. You have to have $1,000 down, um, but it will give you $15,000 towards the down payment and closing costs. That's huge. That is for huge. For anyone who's interested in owning a home in the city of Wilmington. So let's give Linda Gray a shout out That's from right. Wilmington City Council. Right. She's a boss babe, yes, all right? A is. woman who's doing the damn thing, right? right, right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to WHGE uh, 95.3 FM. Um, and uh, Rochelle Wilson here with Lynn Faulkner. Lynn Faulkner is my guest today, and we're talking about redlining then, redlining now, and home ownership. Mm -hmm. And and I have to agree with that a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. For many of my youthful years, I was a renter. 
and throwing a piece of trash uh, out on the street meant nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Now, as a homeowner, I'm out there sweeping up every Saturday, you know, right. cleaning up my and whoever else in the neighborhood because it's a pride. Right. You take pride in home ownership. Mm-hmm. And we want to get more more people, especially black, brown, and golden people, we want to give them an opportunity to be homeowners. Right. So thank you, Linda Gray, and to all the boss babes uh, who are just doing the damn thing, putting your feet out there, putting your boots on the ground, and doing the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the boss babes here for Women's History Month. And so, uh, with me being an advocate for all things justice mm-hmm. and justice concerns, uh, from the prison to the courtrooms and, and, and forth, I want to ask you about home ownership mm-hmm. for our returning citizens who have done time, you know, in the belly of the beast. They've been in there mm-hmm. and now they're released. Mm-hmm. And we know that there is a shortage. There is a shortage of, of, shelters available mm-hmm. to put people in. We're just, we just have nowhere to put mm-hmm. these returning citizens. And sometimes the families that they came from prior to incarceration is the worst place to send them back. What can you tell our returning citizens about home ownership? Mm. Is there anything? That's a good question. Um, Okay, so your criminal record does not inhibit you from purchasing a home. You, you know, you could be straight out of prison um, as long as you have. The one thing that's going to hurt you is you need to have employment for the last two years. So in that regard, yes, it will hurt you Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to get a mortgage loan. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're paying cash for a home, there really are no parameters for that. Um. You can just get a letter from your bank to say that you have this certain amount of money which qualifies, and if the house is for sale within that price range, then it's okay. It's an easy, easy peasy. Right. But if you have, if, if you're, you're fresh, fresh coming out yeah, of jail, yes. Um, you haven't worked for three years yeah. on the type of work they're talking about. Right. You might have worked in the kitchen or right. on the making signs. You know those guys in there make those signs? Each sign is no less than $60 at cost, and I think they get 18 cents a day. for You know, do not enter, no outlet, stop. You know, all of these signs are made inside of the prison for 18 cents a day. So, But that's not the kind of work that the lenders are looking for. Right. You had to be employed um, where you get a tax return or you pay taxes towards Mm. an employer. So you could Mm. be self-employed. You could be a sole proprietor, but you have to show that you have an income, a tax-based income. Would Um, it still be for three years, though? Two. Two years. Two years. Two consecutive years. Now, you could have changed jobs, but you had to work for at least two years. Okay. I see what you're saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are opportunities for our returning citizens, uh, but there again, there are some criteria that must be met. And and those are in a lot of cases, unfortunately, Lynn, those are actually obstacles for our returning citizens. That would be that would be the population that would be um, the most difficult in that regard with homeownership. Yeah. But anyone else, if you've been working for two consecutive years, um, if you have a 640 credit score or better, 
Um, and the higher the credit score, the lower your interest rates and fees will be. So if you can get it up into the 700 range, great. You're doing better. Yeah. Um, so that's why that's important. Um, they're going to look at your um, debt to income ratio. How much of your income is already exhausted on fees and dues? And that's where we sometimes have the hardest struggle um, as African-Americans and black and brown people is because it doesn't always balance out. We don't usually have as much free capital um, as other people may have. And it's not because um, they make more, even though we do make less. Yes. Um, and that's a proven <laughs> fact as well yes. um, is that we... Um, we have a more sensational appetite with spending mm. um, and less in saving. Mm. And of course, banks want to give you the more they see you have, the more they want to give you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so um, isn't that interesting? The more you have, the more they're willing to give you. Mm -hmm. The less you have, the less they're willing to give you. Now, I know in a way I understand the mindset. The less you have, chances are you haven't done anything to acquire more. Mm -hmm. You're showing a pattern mm -hmm. or behavior, a mindset mm -hmm. uh, that you're comfortable where you are. Right. And I do know that we women, we like to get our hair done, our nails did, you know, get them toes right. Okay, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for a pedicure and all of that. Uh, but I do believe that saving is very important. I also realize it's not always easy to save when you're looking at debt and income. Right. You're making this much is coming in, mm -hmm. but you owe for this and you've got land taxes and electricity bills and kids got new shoes for school and so, yeah, it's almost like catch up, right. trying to play catch up right. in order to save anything. Uh, any suggestions on how can I be a better saver, Lynn? Credit counselors can help you with that process. Okay. Do um, own nails. <laughs> I mean, you can still, you can still spend on some luxuries, but yes. you want to just look at your overall spending patterns. Yes. You know, what is it? Okay. So just to, to tell about me, you know, sometimes when we get um, a little down or frustrated or, you know, things aren't going your way, retail therapy can be um, a very relaxing experience yes. for us. I love a new pair of shoes. <laughs> you know? um, but then you have to look at how often are we doing this behavior mm -hmm. and, um, and what are we acquiring that we really don't need. And it's also very beneficial when you can see your bank account grow. Get a savings account separate from where you pay your bills and just start to set a little bit aside each month. $50, $100, and don't look at it. Don't look don't at it. Don't track it. Don't touch it. Don't track it. And watch that in a year. Yes. Um, that may be your... Uh, your Bahamas vacation, your Turks and Caicos, it may be your down payment and closing costs on a new home. Yes. So um, it really just, just track your spending patterns, start to save, um, be more educated on um, ways that you can save, things you can invest in that are going to grow your money that are more beneficial than having that Louis Vuitton bag yes. or whatever the newest trend is because... Um, that's a whole different pattern, but I was going to say, you know, we we love our name brands. I've 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 fallen um, victim to it as well. You know, there was a time when I was really into that, um, but then I had to look at 
I'm now becoming more of a conscious buyer. Are they investing in my communities? If they're not investing in my communities, then I'm not that interested in that brand anymore. I know exactly what you're saying. I agree with that. So, um, so I've gotten away from all of the name brand mm -hmm. um, products, mm -hmm. and I've gone more with um, buying black and brown. Good girl. Um, looking for those avenues where I can promote my community. Um, so... I'm not to say everybody's in the same place that I am, and right, I'm right. still growing in that too because yes. there are some things that I just still love, and I'm going to pay extra for it. Um, but there's there's a benefit to saving, and another trap that some people fall into. We, um, you've heard of the thing where they say um, a credit boost. Yes, you know you can get twenty points to boost. Yes, that's not always a good look. Um, there are a number of people now who are trying to buy homes. They get the pre-approval letter. They shop. Their offer is accepted. And they did the boost um, to get the pre-approval letter. Well, by the time you go through the entire process of buying a home, your mortgage lender is still reviewing the final edits. And so the last thing on the step of things you're doing when buying a home is that final mortgage approval, which comes about a week or two before you go to settlement or close over your home. And when they run that last credit report, that boost may not be there still. And so now you're down 20 points and that home ends up going back on the market oh, wow. because you were not approved financially. So that's why I say Ooh. do things the right way. Don't try to take those shortcuts that's because right. it can come back to bite you. Karma. But I credit karma, huh? <laughs> not necessarily good karma. <laughs> but a good credit counselor, if you don't feel that you can take control and work out those negotiations to get your credit score where you want it to be, talk to a credit counselor. We have some phenomenal um, counselors that are out here that will work for you. Um, tell us where we can find you. If we want to get in touch with you, tell us where, how do we do that? Okay. So you can reach me at 302-319-3988. Say that again. 302-319-3988. I work out of Back Berkshire Hathaway Home Services on 202, the Wells Fargo Tower. It used to be the Rollins building yes. for us old heads. Yes. Um, um, which is right on 202. There is a website that you can go to. Um, the state runs it. It's called Kiss Your Landlord Goodbye. I've seen Anything that. Anything you want to know about buying a home is there. They have a list of credit counselors. Um, they have a list of lenders. They don't res necessarily recommend a real estate agent, but that's what I'm here for. I okay. will help you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and if you want more information, next Saturday, I'm doing an online webinar um, with Dorothy Sharp of End Call. Um, she's a credit counselor and with Damian Wing of Meridian Bank and he is a lender and we are going to go through the entire process. We will talk to you about what credit is, um, what creditors look for in, in, um, home ownership, um, the lenders, all of the different types of mortgage loans that are out there, FHA, VA, uh, USDA, um, conventional and cash buying in a home, what the interest rates are, um, different programs that give you down payment and settlement cost assistance, what you need to do to qualify for that. And then I will walk you through the process of buying a home. So if you are interested now or think you may be in the future or just want some generalized information on what our jobs are or what our responsibilities are to the community, 
then by all means, go on eventbrite.com. It's next Saturday at 10 a.m. We'll be doing a live webinar to give you that information. Awesome, awesome. And again, if I want to reach you, I would simply call... Anytime, 302-319-3988. Awesome. And so in our last few minutes, because we just have another minute or so here, I want to ask the question. You know, a couple of us are big ballers. And for some reason, uh, which we won't get into, but for some reason, some of us are walking around with fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in the bank. So let's just make pretend that I'm one of those people. I've got seventy thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars in the bank, and I want to buy this hundred and fifty thousand dollar house. Mm -hmm. Where do I go from there? Now maybe my credit score is really poopy, but I've got fifty thousand cash dollars. What happens to me now? Okay, so if you have $50,000 cash and you want to buy a home for $100,000, $150,000, then you're probably going to take out a mortgage loan for $400,000. But you'll have, you can put down 3.55%. Um, um, so you'll take 30000 of that or 20000 of that and put that down as a down payment. If you wanted to put more, you could always put more. Um, but then you'd also be able to cover your closing costs. Um, and your your monthly um, payment would be relatively low, within yeah. a couple hundred dollars. The more that I put down, the less my monthly payment. Yes. Not rocket science. Right. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, the more you put down, the less the monthly payment. And is there more chance or less chance? If I'm, if I'm walking into a real estate place, I come to you, I say, Lynn, I've got 30000 I want to put it down. This house is one is one fifty. Mm -hmm. You're going to let me move in there? You're going to, the banks are going to let me get in? So I'm going to refer you to a lender. Mm -hmm. The lender is going to ask you for your pay stubs, for your tax information. They're going to run your credit score and they're going to give you a pre-approval and tell you, you can buy up to this particular amount. This is the amount that you'll need as a down payment to qualify for the loan. Mm -hmm. um, you say, well, you know, you can approve me for 500000 I don't want to pay more than 300000 because I don't want my monthly payment to be more than this. And right. so that's what I work with you on. Okay. What you want to spend. Okay. No matter what the pre-approval letter says you're right. qualified for, I work with you on what you want to spend each month. Yeah. And we start to look at properties within that price range, and I negotiate to get you into that house. Okay. But I wanted to bring up one other point. Yes, please. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but with your traditional um, home loan, be it an FHA, a VA, um mortgage, you can buy a multifamily unit. So you could buy a duplex where you live on one side and you rent out the other side. As long as it's four or less units in that building, you can qualify for that. So the same way you buy your home, you could end up being both homeowner and landlord, rent that property out. That tenant could pay off the mortgage and the rest of that money is yours. I love so that. A lot to me, people, that's wealth building. Exactly. So a lot of people don't know that you can be pre-approved for a home loan and get something that's not only going to serve as your primary residence, but also going to serve as income for you into the future. Awesome. And there's also a mortgage loan that's out called a 203K, where 
the bank gives you money to not only buy the property, but to fix it up. So if you find a house mm -hmm. that um, won't qualify for an FHA traditionally, because that means you have to have handrails and everything yeah. has to be no tripping surfaces, you may find a home that needs the kitchen redone and has a hole in the ceiling. And you say, oh, my God, you know, um, this needs a lot of work, but I love the neighborhood. I love the house itself. This is where I want to be. A 203K loan will allow you to get money to not only buy that house, but to fix that house up. And the bank serves as the foreman on the property. So you hire the contractor, but the bank pays the contractor. Awesome. So you can't be nickel and dime by the contractor for more money, more money. Okay. The bank oversees the work, the timeline, and the quality of the work that the contractor is doing, and they pay them directly. I love that. You've got my head spinning now. Uh, you know, I might have a penny or two in the bank that I might want to invest in doing something like that. Right. As long as it's four or less units. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. You got my wheels are spinning. I hope your wheels are spinning too out there, America. I'm telling you, if you're listening to WHGE, we are your education information black news network. We're here for you. We inform you so that we can lift you up, motivate you to be the change that you want to be. You want to be a homeowner. We're here today giving you the information necessary to do just that. I'm interested in becoming, what is that called? When you, you live in one and you rent the other three? You own a multifamily unit. Yes, I'm become, I'm interested in becoming that, a multifamily unit mm -hmm. homeowner. <laughs> so I'll keep the house that I live in now, get me another one and rent out the other three. I'm very interested in doing and that. And when I talked about the equity, Yes. Using the equity in your primary residence, to, you can take that out to buy a second residence. Oh, yeah. So there are a lot of things that um, that can help you in your investment portfolio on growing your personal wealth. But we just don't share that information. We don't know it. Yeah. So, well, there's no excuse because you're here at WHGE. The people now have an opportunity to know that information. So we are broadcasting at WHGE. I am Rochelle Wilson for Make Some Intelligent Noise Multimedia Justice Movement. You will find me on Apple. Uh, you will find me on Spotify, Anchor, iHeart, on all of my podcasts. You will find me on YouTube, Instagram, and of course, my Facebook family. So there's no excuse. This information will be disseminated uh, basically all over the world. So there's no excuse. Lynn, I can't thank you enough for being here today, for engaging us and giving that information to today's audience. I really appreciate that. You are a boss babe, baby. You're sitting with a boss babe. <laughs> That's right, honey. We put our boots on the ground That's right. and we get the work done. We are boss babes. And if you're a boss babe, you no one has to tell you that because you already know it. If you are a natural born woman, you already know the gifts that the divine spiritual universe has already given you to be a boss babe. We're honoring all women boss babes for the month of March. And until we meet each other again next week, right here at WHGE, Saturdays at 1 o'clock, I'm Rochelle Wilson, your news information or your journalist and your commentator. I love you. God loves you. Be sure to love yourself. Take care of yourselves. But also be good and kind to other people because that is the best 
credit karma that you can possibly have. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, returning it to your regularly scheduled program. Until next week, take care. Well, think that get up on June Christmas. Yeah, I'm good. You mean the